What's up, everybody? It is Airgo Radio. It is Thursday at noon. Uh, We're on WHPK 88.5. Check us out at airgoradio.com. We are here again, as we always are, showcasing strong voices in the city of Chicago and beyond. Different activists, creators, artists, healers, teachers, cool people, smart people, lazy people, any type of people that are making the world a better, more equitable, more creative place. I am Damon. Uh, unfortunately, Daniel is out of town. He's in New York doing some things. Uh, so he'll be back next week. So I'm holding it down. But I got two special guests with us. And we're going to have a, a special episode today. But before we do, a couple community announcements. Uh, first and foremost, today is August 9th. So this is the four-year anniversary of the death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. Um condolences to his parents and to his family um, and love and support to them first and foremost um, and always honor um, and praise to the community of St. Louis and the Ferguson area uh, for the courage and the strength and the impact that they have had not only on me but on uh, our country and on our world. Uh, We will never forget Michael Brown and the people of Ferguson that stood up in his name and also a little bit of a celebration. Uh, the state district attorney who uh, allowed the officer Darren Wilson to get off has been voted out of office. So bruh, bruh, bruh. Bye, Bob. bye, Bob. Uh, peace out to him. No, that's cool. You can, you, you can shout bye, Bob. <laughs> so sh- shout out, shout out to the, to, you know, the people always working. Um, couple other community uh, announcements. Um, to, on Saturday, I'll be at a panel discussion at Chop Shop uh, called The Table that is put together uh, by Royal Movement. I think that's going to be from 11 to 2. Um, Tuesday, August 11th, if you want to come by Breathing Room, 1434 West 51st Street, we'll be screening the, f- the film Black August as we are trying to uplift and get in tune with the Black August tradition. If you don't know what Black August is, uh, you have Google. So. Go learn that. It's, it's really an, an important history. Um, and I have one more community announcement. But I for- Oh, let me look at my pictures. Hold on. Hold on. This Sunday, uh, FTP is releasing a coloring book. Uh, and let me get the exact information on that momentarily. Color Me Healing, a radical coloring book release party. Uh, this Sunday, August 12th at the High Park Arts Center. So f- we've had a lot of folks from FTP up here, including Monica Trinidad. Definitely go check that out. And that is a good segue uh, into the people we have here today uh, as we're going to have a, a, a special, more focused episode. Um, we're going to be talking about the, the really uh, magnificent and important work of the Healing Village. So in the studio with me today, I have the one, the only returning Ergo family Mika Big Tree Tendaji is in the house. Also with her, we got Maria. Just Maria. Maria. All right. We got Maria in the building. Everybody make some noise for our special guest. Yes. 
I invite you to come closer to the microphone. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Healing Village, but before we do that, I have to stick with our Ergo tradition. We always start with a two-part question. So today is kind of a four-part question because I'm asking both of you. In this time, in this season, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? Oh, you're, you're, <laughs> I, I, I can go. Um, yeah, I've been placing some real specific boundaries as of late. So the world is treating me. Come a little closer to, to the, the world yeah. to treat me. That's fairly decent. Um, and I am treating the world pretty nicely in a healing way. True, Maria. True. Um. The world's been pretty. World's been pretty chill lately. They've been pretty good to me, you know. Um, pre, been, I've been appreciating the world lately. Um, so yeah, uh, it's 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 a, it's been a mutual appreciation. I feel like. Dope, dope. Uh, so we're here today as a, a, a special customized episode. Oftentimes we like to go into people's personal history and, and learn more uh, about how the Chicago environment or how the world at large affects the way that they work in the world. Uh, but today we want to be a little bit more specific. So uh, STOP and, and Black Lives Matter and other organizers have come together um, and has been occupying land on 63rd and Greenwood um, in the name of mental health and with this occupation, the healing village. Uh, so let's just start with like the beginning of the story, uh, because I think this is really significant work and we want to make sure that we um, document as it's happening, uh, you know, how it came about and and the experiences that we have. So Mika, you want to kind of start? Because I know in, in many ways, this is your brainchild and, and you got the, the, the ball rolling on this. So uh, what sparked you to, to get this going and, and how did it come about? Yeah. So one is I've been like a long time friend and fan of Stops Outsiders Together Organizing for Power. It's one of the most intergenerational um, organizations in the city. And uh, they were having trouble keeping a mental health movement organizer, which um, the mental health movement gathered together back in 2012 when Rom was shutting down uh, the city's mental health clinics and um, threw down on like a 90 day occupation that is probably the reason why we still have public mental health clinics. Um, so I came on board uh, in December. It was like, ah, we need something. We need a, we need a thing. We need a, a snagging point, a gimmick, I guess, um, to get people really interested in mental health. And thought, you know, uh, we'll do another occupation, not 24-7, um, and we will bring in healers from the community. One, um, getting into uh, mental health help shouldn't always just look like talk therapy. That doesn't mm -hmm. work for everybody. Um, we should uh, expand the definition and it should be public and it should be public with community input, community control. Um, so the Healing Village was an idea to uh, display that. It also uh, commemorates the Woodlawn occupation of the mental health movement, also uh, commemorates Freedom Squares, uh, uh, which I didn't know, but you told me it was the two year um 
anniversary because time moves really fast, yeah. don't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so, you know, the idea was a gathering of people that wasn't so exhaustive, you know, and another opportunity for us to like look at what's possible and what we could do together. Right. So, Maria, how, you know, you've been a, a consistent presence in the space. Um, how did you uh, first come? engage with the healing village um and, and what were some of the um initial like feelings or responses or even lessons that came your way as you you started engaging in the space um so at first at first i like heard about healing village and i was like that is that is cool and then it was like time to build it and i was like i'll help do that and then uh you know it just kind of took over um a lot of my focus when I when I saw how like beautiful it was like to see people in the space and using the space and um I think one of the first things that really happened uh to kind of show that to me was after Snoop the Barber was shot um by the police and we had an event there um, at Healing Village, there was just a space for people to talk about um, and talk through um, all the trauma that we had experienced as a community, um, both for people just reacting to someone being murdered by the police, but also from the trauma of like police coming out and then like beating us with batons and chasing people and um, things like that. And Healing Village um, really just provided a space to um, uh, to work through that. I mean, that was that was one of the first times I saw like a lot of people coming in from outside before that. It, it And still on a day to day basis, it's largely just people in the neighborhood who like come out and then we're out there and we hang out and like, you know, kick it by the table, maybe play some volleyball. Um, it's real nice. Where So uh, one, just going forward in this conversation, you know, I'm definitely like an interview mode role right now, but I also invite or give the power to shape the conversation. So if y'all have ways that y'all want to go or things y'all want to talk about in terms of the experiences beyond my questions, like feel free to steer this ship with me. We're, we're, we're in this conversation together. Um, but let, let's kind of start with the, the maybe distraction, maybe the actual like i don't know it might have been a boost um or maybe it's just like the juicy controversy uh, of like the political fuck shit that has you know touched this space as it touches almost every inch of the land that is in this city we call chicago um you know something that is obviously so beautiful and has explicit intentions for the people um it is not like institutionally backed in any type of major way has come uh, under opposition to some power players in the city. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about who those folks are, particularly Alderman uh, Cochran, and how that has informed how we can go about doing this work. Because to fill folks in, you know, because the city does not provide the resources needed for healing, community members and organizers took on the labor of one, making a stand, saying that we need more resources, but also doing the work uh, that is not being done by those who should be responsible for it. Um, and paradoxically, that has been opposed. So let's talk a little bit about Dude Ass and, 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 every, and all of the players like him that are surrounding that are the obstacle to why these things are necessary in the first place. 
Yeah, so definitely with Stop, like we've been bumping heads with Willie Cochran for quite some time um, and knew that it was like better if we could get permission uh, to use this lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was just no chance um, that he would. I mean, the, like we've had constituents in his office and he's been like, if you're here about that CBA thing, you can get the hell out of my office. So, so for folks who don't know, that that's the community benefits agreement because the Obama library or, or center is coming and is going to obviously disrupt some of the norms and some of the spaces of the South Side. It's raising people's uh, rent incredibly um, and, and could push out a lot of long-term Woodlawn residents. So we knew that, that there was just no chance that he was going to say yes. So we partnered with um, an institutionally backed artist um, who could ask for that permission. Um, that permission was given. And uh, then once he saw it, he was like, nah, I mean, I thought this would just be like some visual art project. I didn't, I didn't anticipate it would be this many people involved, this many things involved. It has to come down. Um, and he gave us like three weeks from the launch date um, and said that we needed to carry a million dollars of insurance. Um, the artist also became really uncomfortable um, bumping heads because, uh, of course, the media wants the story of that he gave permission and rescinded that permission. Mm-hmm. So uh, the artist became really uncomfortable about bumping heads with the alderman in any kind of like public sphere. And I've just kind of been thinking about um, how these things play out, right? So, I mean, I think we we do a lot of direct action. Um, we're kind of used to that, like, sphere. And then the pressure and the, the, the issues that come up from direct action is typically, like, one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're doing these, like, ongoing campaigns and of really, like, occupation-based trying to imagine, like, what would what would things look like if we had more control? I think we just tend to run into just everything mm-hmm. that could go wrong will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get an opportunity to see who we really are and how ready we are to begin um, designing things in a more uh, community-based, community-centered way. So for those who, who who are maybe not in the city or don't pay attention to local politics, uh, Cochran is like a, 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 rep- a constant figure in, in the media, in the news. Um, and he's like, he's about to go to jail. Like he, he he's, uh, he's, I will say it. I won't put the pressure on on the folks who who are out there every day. But like he's a crook, right? And so it, it's 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 pretty. Um, I don't know what's the word. He's and, a gangster. Yeah, a self was that his quote or was that somebody else in the Black him. Caucus? That was him. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so the Black Caucus, him as a as, as a central figure of of that, uh, referred to them as they they move like gangsters, which is uh, funny. Like that's something we would say in opposition. So to like, to have the awareness uh, uh, to say that while you're about to go to jail is really interesting. So, so that's just like another um, color to the portrait of the fact that this elected representative is getting in the way of, of people doing the work that his ward needs. Um, And so let's like, let's imagine a little bit, right? Because let's say people like Willie Cochran didn't exist and, Rahm Emanuel wasn't in power or they are. And we just like defeat them and win and get what we want and have the resources that we need Um, from this work of the healing village. What should health, mental health, wellness, 
look like on a state level and communal level? What are some of the the lessons that you're learning? What are some of the um, ideas or 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 projections you have of of the world that we want to see? A state is like way too big. Um, from state. my imagination, so I mean like, I mean like, like city. So like okay. the, the <laughs> state, not like Illinois. Like but like, Southern Illinois, like New Orleans, <laughs> yeah. like, like Louisiana. Yeah. It's not even like the rest yeah, of Illinois. Yeah, yeah. So like on, on a city level, it, it is is appropriate as well. You got an idea? You, you wanna? Um. I mean, it it looks like a lot of things. It's definitely not something that can be solved by having one psychiatrist on staff in the city, which is where we're at now. Um, It can't be solved by the Aldermanic Black Caucus shutting down kids who are saying we need $95 million for community resources when that could have saved our clinics 30 times over. Um, You know, it's 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 a lot of things like, first of all, like you got to address like how many people really do need these services in Chicago, how much trauma we're going through constantly the housing crisis that the city won't fix um the unemployment crisis the city won't fix the lack of um proper benefits for people at work the lack of services jobs for people who want to do this work um are lacking it's it's in the schools it's i mean it, it really takes a conversation between like everyone in the city talking about bringing forth what their needs are so that we can really answer that question in my perspective yeah, and I've been deep in logistics and trying to rally support and keep this thing afloat um, and therefore like lacking in imagination. My mm-hmm. job is to do all that stuff in theory so that other people get to do the imagining. But what I've observed it looking like, um, one, the healing village in and of itself is on this like field of clover. Mm-hmm. Um and people being like, let's get rid of these weeds has has had other healers like, you know, that's like a medicinal plant wow. that mm-hmm. can do <laughs> a lot of good and butterflies love it. And we love the butterflies. So, you know, do we really want to plow it? Right. And that kind of conversation about like what we look at as medicine mm-hmm. needs to happen again. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which has led to me like pointing out, oh, turns out that's also chicory that's growing there. Like, you know, we can slide that in the coffee. Um, what it has looked like is people, you know, talking about what has healed them, the ways in which they are healing, um, other people learning from that, right? Um, and revisiting like um, you know, uh you know, our our like grandparents or great grand they couldn't go to like a meditation and wellness retreat. There mm-hmm. wasn't like, you know, a three thousand dollar yoga trip to Costa Rica right. uh, for self care. But like they play spades, right? And mm-hmm. bit And so we were like playing spades in the space and um all of the there were people in the healing village, one in particular, who said that every time black barbecues are traumatizing. Because <laughs> she doesn't know how to play space. She's tired of when she's saying that. Everybody's saying, you don't know how to play space. It's just telling everybody. You are an other. You, you don't know how to play space. So she's like, what healing would look like to me is if I could learn how to play uh, space and dominoes in a safe space. <laughs> um, you know, so it's that. It's this, um, you know, building community across, like, wide swaths. I'm not really around that many like white people in my life, you know, mm-hmm. there are lots of white people coming into the the village. So then, you know, we're like communicating. So it's 
this like building of bridges and finding out like how have you healed mm-hmm. um how are you healing what do you still need to be healed from um and that's just coming together you know figuring out um tons of ways the 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 new moon thing do you want to oh, talk yeah. about that i i would like to hear about the new moon thing yeah so um on the new moon uh last month uh actually was that the moon or the eclipse it was an eclipse it was a new moon eclipse yeah so we sat out in the we went out we came together with those who wanted to uh, people from the neighborhood friends um and laid out an altar and um you know dressed the candles and really just kind of shared space uh in this very like um spiritual way because that's a part of healing as well um and we have interfaith folks uh involved in the organiz- in the in the project um but it was really nice and the view right there even though you couldn't see the eclipse from chicago you could see the moon and mars like lined up perfectly in the middle of the sky and we just sat out there and talked and there were you know kids and parents and uh stories and it was i mean i definitely think moonlight is healing also yeah. So for me, it was like, you know, these two mothers who were there who had lost their children to gun violence, one by police, one um, intracommunal, right, who are feeling safe being outside in the night in a neighborhood where there are lots of shootings, um, which was powerful to me. It's connecting with an older tradition of Black folks of like, you know, using candles and moonlight and um, for the purposes of healing um, and that being beautiful and children kind of running down with like lantern, paperback lanterns um, and, you know, nobody being afraid. And so to me, that's really the imagination that community building again, like community building will be healing, mm-hmm. knowing our neighbors will be healing, um, you know, being able to look after each other will be healing. Yeah. So that's, that's real. Like I, I, I'm, I'm real interested in like, how do we, like demystify some some of these like practices that uh, that you know Instagram seem kind of in, inaccessible of like you got your roots and you got your you know you, your conjure and like you know for everybody that seems a little intimidating but I think it, it is so effective because it is embedded in our DNA in some way like right like these are historical long term practices that like our body are is prepared. To mm-hmm. respond to, uh, so I think it, it's really beautiful that, like, in a uh, a right on the ground fashion, these type of these type of practices are happening. Um, to to get back to the political a little bit, like in our movements, we talk a lot about violence. Um, we institutionally we definitely center, like, you know, as abolitionists, we talk a lot about you know, divesting from systems of policing. We talk a lot about how that connects to investment into education and how our education systems have been defunded. Um, And then housing is kind of like, you know, I kind of see those things as like a triangle, like CPD, CPS, and CHA. I kind of like draw a triangle around them. And like, that's like a a thing that spins. Um, And usually in our thinking or in our explanation, uh, we talk about mental health as one of the first responses or cures or um approaches to to address the impact of those like kind of three institutions uh but i think there is a a limit in how much work we do right so like i think that's why healing village is so important because it's a intentional step it's not just like in theory or in idea um so with that i kind of want to talk a little bit more about how bad 
public mental health services are um, and the effect of the ROM closings, because we know so much about the 54 schools or the, and that number actually increased it, increased from there. But I think there is much less knowledge about the mental health closings and about the mental health facilities that are still open and how um, insufficient they are. So is there any like information that y'all knew going in? Is there anything y'all have learned from the occupation about um, just how scarce these resources are? And even when they are there, they're insufficient. So as Maria just said, we have we are down to one, not even full time psychiatrist for the entire city of Chicago public. Uh, And, you know, I want uh, really for folks to understand um, it has to be public, you know, private changes, everything, just like like we're learning with the death of public education. Mm-hmm. Um, we need public to have community control. That's supremely important. There is a board that the mental health movement fought for of uh, directly affected um, consumers of mental health services that is to advise the city. Mm-hmm. The city is now refusing to meet with them because they don't think they're nice enough. Mm. Who who are those city officials that are supposed to be meeting with them uh, that are refusing? Uh, one, uh, she, she just transitioned name, out, Tio Shabali, but it, it's like the, the their, their representatives on the uh, like city mental health, uh, part of the Department of Public Health. Mm-hmm. Um who are now no longer meeting with um, the mental health advisory board. Right. So just really like demonstrating, like, I don't have to listen to you at all. Um, Telepsychiatry is about to roll out in our um, mental health clinics, meaning you'll sit before a computer um, and a therapist from somewhere. They, I think they have to be regional, um, but will um, advise you, uh, towards your, it, it, those sessions last about fifteen to twenty minutes. And it's like just basically like a Skype session. Skype session, right. yeah. And so one, you know, some of the concerns is like for me, like the projects, like you know, you put in technology, and then when it starts to to fall apart, what happens is those microphones break down. Um, uh, lots of people have um, their mental health conditions are definitely exacerbated by technology. Um, what does that look like for them, right? And you know me, like never scared. Master P probably wrote that song about <laughs> me, but um, I went into a meeting and um, they're talking about as soon as they could figure out the billing, um, telepsychiatry will be rolled out in schools. Mm. And yeah, I was terrified. I was just thinking about like, we couldn't get the the school nurses that we wanted. We couldn't get school therapists, grief counselors mm-hmm. that we wanted. We're going to get these computers that don't know black and brown children don't understand anything about context um, that are overly quick to diagnose. So we have all these schools where teachers are like, you're bipolar, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to tell your mom, I think you have ADD and this teacher gets to go and suggest this probably, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to this person on the screen and, you know, kids will just be massively, um, drugged and for me you know that is terrifying there's no connection um in general between mental health and physical health um so there's no like you know going and and you're getting treatment and and people are finding out like you're actually not eating well right um those kinds of things so it's just a really um dystopian landscape um 
for me that I think could be made uh, a lot more like holistic and is necessary for that with um, particularly like, I think black and brown people who have a lot of like uh, racial trauma, but historical. We have a lot of, we have a lot of trauma and we can't sit down. You know, a lot of us have been, um, by circumstance or by, you know, people actually saying this, we've been conditioned to feel like we just have to pick up and carry on no matter how heavy the weight gets. Um, and so also we have, you know, when you talk about learning how we've healed from each other, we all have developed these different methods of pushing through um, that may or may not be sustainable, but sometimes they are, you know, and for me, physical exercise is one. Um, I'm not like a bod the gym rat type person, but like riding my bike clears my mind. And for the longest time going through like homelessness and stuff, I couldn't afford a bike um, or even have a place to put it or I couldn't afford a lock. And uh, then I don't know, like there's community members taking on this work that the city is supposed to do, which is a huge, a huge problem. And with, you know, Ram talking about we need to train cops to be uh, caseworkers, basically, you know, it's it's even more putting uh, the job in the hands of people that aren't professionals. But one group I want to shout out is Working Bikes over in Pilsen that everyone should Google, volunteer with. Working Bikes partners with clinics in Chicago to provide uh, free bikes to people who don't need them. So I actually got my bicycle from my therapist. Oh, wait people who need them <laughs> and can't get them. So right, I got right. my bike from my therapist because I was like, I have this crippling anxiety. And they were like, do you want pills? And I was like, not particularly. And I could, through this medical card, only get really like 25 minutes with you. So I don't think we've had a thorough enough conversation for me to start taking pills. But I really wish I could get some running shoes or something where I could work this stress out. She hooked me up with working bikes. The clinic, that particular clinic focused on queer and trans people of color who were housing insecure and that's who I was. And I get so much stress out, man. And and it's really helpful. And that's the kind of thing that I couldn't even have imagined if they hadn't said, oh, you know, we do this. Um, and the city should be doing that, honestly. Working Bikes now has a massive waiting list for those bikes. So if you're listening, you're interested in it. Um, you should sign up for the waiting list, but also you should go volunteer and help them build bikes so they can give them to people. Yeah, right. th- that actually... Um that leads right into to my next question. And, and, I, and I'm trying to say this carefully because I have been annoyed when people ask me this. So I want to give it some nuance, but I'm saying it as a challenge. Um, it's, it's, it's really dim. Like when we look at basically public life overall, right? Like we look at all systems of government and all the services uh, that people need to, to be well, to survive, to thrive. Um, and then, you know, the private market, I think exasperates that, but in doing the work, right? Like we have to be walking towards something um, and we have to like have the energy to sustain ourselves. So as you guys ha- are are in the thick of it, um, where can you find hope? And, and I, you know, oftentimes, and I say that carefully, right? Cause oftentimes that's like a way to divert from talking about the problem. Uh, but I think it's also can be a, a helpful challenge sometimes to to try to get past just the struggle and and where where is the hope that you have personally? Maybe that not other people can latch on to, but just for yourself in in, in this time. Yeah. So my hope uh, lately has been in indefinitely these like hardcore uh, mental health movement fighters 
Shout out Cowboy. <laughs> Super shout out Cowboy. Um, so uh, particularly, um, I mean, these are folks who fought. Um, there was um, this uh, woman, Helen, who was fighting for the, the, the clinics back in the day. It was like, if you take my clinic, I'm going to die. And there wasn't just much longer after that she passed, right? And so these folks have been fighting this fight, attending all of these like mental health advisory board meetings and just like in the trenches being completely disrespected all the time for the city and who are still fighting, right? So weren't too excited about the Healing Village because they're like, what's that going to do? I don't get it. (laughs) Um, So we're doing these press conferences. Um, Cowboy came through really connecting the dots for folks Mm -hmm. between um, the clinic closures, who is also in in life, lives in like like subsidized housing. And um, there's a neighbor uh, of his who needed to go to the hospital. Cowboy puts this neighbor in his wheelchair, um, takes him to the bus because the neighbor refuses to get another like $900 ambulance ride for a quarter of a mile. Um, takes him in, he's admitted to the, the neighbor's admitted to the ICU. Cowboy's able to like find relatives, pack him up, put him on a Greyhound, like pack him up with all his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of while, like um, then, you know, occupying like the he, he said he was going to be there for like an hour or two to hold it down. So like Maria and I could like eat and mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. computer stuff and held it down for hours. and just calls me like, why didn't you tell me that these solar lights come on at night? This is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I didn't know I would be here all the time in the night. Um Diane has been uh, also one of the like long, long, long time fighters. Um, and the, these these folk are older now. Um, so we're supposed to be, you know, picking up the torch for them. Um, and Diane has been uh, like injured. So hasn't really been super, super active. Comes through for this press camp. It's just like, hey, Damon. Just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just really giving like the energy, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. Um, and also that like. That what we don't get a lot because like uh, we're so segmented, right? So that's that's like the intergenerational like hope I always get is, um, you know, they give you this way of like, good job, baby. Mm-hmm. Like you're mm-hmm. doing a good job. You're mm-hmm. picking this up. We're proud of you. And then you can see these younger folk who are like next. Right. And so you're like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to get to rest at some point, too. Uh, so that's certainly the hope. I mean, there's like people who brought herbs, who brought like food and those are like those dots being connected right mm-hmm. so like mental health is certainly tied to food deserts um so yeah just like community coming in like folks are bringing um food we're building community in ways that just automatically trigger these like oh i've seen this before and we haven't been doing this for a while. like when we're all like playing cards together you know mm-hmm. like, man this used to be like a regular occurrence this is a very familiar memory you know mm-hmm. um but now i'm like disjointed from it so we got to get back to some of this these like barbecues um you know having kids running around right no single age group um uh carol who's one of the like uh, who also uh, spoke at the last press conference, but Carol's there with her husband, long-term fighter um, for mental health, directly affected, teaching young folks how to play chess. So all of those things are like, oh yeah, I'm going to 
till the till the till the end till the world blow up <laughs> keep it on going Marie, do you have any any spots of hope that that drive you or that you can see even if you don't feel oh yeah i'm so hopeful i was um I don't really have an answer prepared because Amika took me on that journey. It's so <laughs> yeah. relatable. Yeah. It's so relatable. Because um, honestly, like, um, the mental health movement was like a learning about the work that was happening in Chicago back when I still lived in New York was like one of those things that like, it gave me a huge amount of hope because I felt like as an organizer at that time, I felt like I didn't know where I was going or like how to do the work that was needed. And it was like years before I ever even a long time before I ever moved to Chicago or knew any of these people, but I just, it helped me reframe and have hope that I could work on black issues related to my family and like in Chicago, local, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I just have hope. My hope comes from my family um, primarily. And so this space, the type of community uh, the Big Tree just described um, and the fact that I get to be a part in it and, and that I get to to have this experience and um not just this experience but this this seeing community develop like seeing it be nurtured seeing those bonds be like tended to and and built up is like a lesson that can be carried forward and I feel very lucky and that gives me hope about like what um more can come also um in this this partnership uh uh, and so like Umedics is also partnering with, um, there's at least a doctor or two inside the University of Chicago Hospital mm-hmm. tied to the trauma center campaign right. that Stop, Help, Fight for Mental Health Movement was a part of. So all these like interesting connections. And he just mentioned that I should check out like Sweetwater Foundation. At, like, oh, yeah. 57th and Perry. Yeah. So you you haven't been there? No, oh, it's just like really like blown away. Yeah. So that's like hope and inspiration of... Yeah, like I, I could for a second see like what if what if we just took over like all these empty lots and we built like domes. Right. Um also there's a porta potty in the healing village. <laughs> we clean it. Shut which out. <laughs> smells great. People mm. use it more because uh, I think we're still a little um a little bathroom privilege. <laughs> and so we we tend to check your bathroom privilege, people. You know, we, <laughs> We we go we go in uh bathrooms in like buildings and we don't really use this porta potty unless absolutely necessary. I use it. But this porta potty is like clean community is using it all the time. People yeah. are saying people go in and out all the time. And it's lovely. Um there's somebody that's like low key kind of living in there. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we know but it's like tidy and everything. So it's like if we just had these things um we'll care for them you know we as community will care for them if there's someone who's not caring for them we'll show them how to how to care for it and i just have this image of like all these empty lots with like geodesic domes and just all this kind of like cool stuff that makes people happy mm-hmm. to pass it um you know happening everywhere yeah reclaiming space something you 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 said when you when you first were, were talking about hope about like um the like memory recall of like family or community holding space together and like, you know, playing spades and and barbecuing. Uh, I was just thinking about that. And like, there was one loss that I realized that I think we don't talk about enough 
as a society that has happened from all this divestment and disjointing of families, which means that there are less cookouts, is that now there are less cookout songs. No, there's a whole there, black backyard. There, there's new cookout songs. I think anytime, anytime I try to like get a cookout playlist together, it is all like t- at least 25 to 30 years ago. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, 40 to 50. <laughs> but, it, but I'm saying there used to be like, it's Blurred a family lines. reunion. Blurred like lines that. will get all of the, uh, everybody up. So I'll say that there are songs that can be made at cookouts, but uh-huh. I think there used to be songs intentionally made. Intentionally made. For or with the understanding that family reunion type spaces will happen. There was a song yeah. called Family Reunion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually completely agree with that. And I was thinking about it in the whole like debate around songs that aren't politically correct to play at cookouts, but that everybody wants to dance to. Yeah, and it's like tough. people aren't making music just for dancing. Step in the name of it's dancing. Some of these make stepping songs. Who's not R. <laughs> Kelly? So we can just deal with this like adults and intergenerational folks, which we are. I just want to say that as much as I love Maria, um, <laughs> gang, 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 uh, you will not be allowed to burn her at the stake for that. But um, you mentioned the R. Kelly on the radio. We, we will get, we will get to that. Kelly. We're going to... We're gonna, we're gonna play our game to, to close it out and, and it will it will wash away. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just make more songs, okay? So he can be irrelevant. I, I get your point though. I get what you were trying to say. I'm we sorry. need to take that space away from him. Yeah. Because that 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 song still fits in that position. If there were more songs to step to, we wouldn't have to rely on that half ass fake stepping song. I mean it's I'm not like, even a real yeah. stepper song, and he doesn't even know how to step. No, and I don't rely on it myself. My- I'm not saying that. And I'm going to stop digging this hole, but I don't rely on it. I'm just saying, like, your uncle wouldn't be relying on it if right. there were other songs to make it relevant. You're going to get a lot of nasty emails and Facebook commentary. You can't find my email. Do you guys get tweeted, gangster tweeted to death? Oh, man, I want to go right to RBB, but we got like seven more minutes. I don't even know how to. All right, we can do it. We can break the rules. We usually end with the game. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna start now, and then we'll try to we'll transition out of it. So every week, uh, you, you, it's usually there's some suspense to it, but but now you kind of know. And he's actually the reason the game was started. So we're gonna throw him in there first, and then we're gonna add to it. Uh, beef with R and B singers. We're, we're holding, we're holding the R and B world accountable here at Ergo Radio every week. Uh, R. Kelly is the the pantheon of R and B beef. We uh we disparage him every week, and then we like to add to the list. So anybody else? Oh yeah, uh, K. Michelle. Okay. Um. So my 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 sister just took this position of like, why are y'all so on R. Kelly? And uh, I let my niece handle it. She's on the side of the daughter. So I'm just like, yo, handle my light work. Um, but she kept throwing in like K. Michelle and Black China, And we we're like, what? why are we protesting? What do, we, do they have to do with anything? We're not protesting them because they're relevant. I don't know. Anyway, turns out they are both with uh like 18 year olds they are yeah and uh so in she's like in fairness and i'm like that's not really what fairness looks like in my mind but i get where you're coming from and all right that's cool i don't listen to enough r&b uh to have beef <laughs> i got old beef yeah no old beef counts it, it is an intergenerational oh, game. i have old it goes from motown like, on down all of them uh like you know, all of the like woman beating and uh, and yeah, all of the so all of the ones that we listened to were like highly problematic. 
Um, You're getting to the heart of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had to separate. We, we were just talking about this, separating art from artists because uh, they're all like problematic. And my favorite in terms of problematic is Jackie Wilson, who was kicked <laughs> out of high school. Jackie Wilson was kicked out of high school for impregnating too many people. <laughs> Sometimes I like to imagine, like, <laughs> Jackie Wilson, please report to <laughs> We got to talk about this. Jackie, we love you. You're, you're, you're talented. You're beautiful. But, um, but you're destroying the, the student the, body. The entire class of like uh, 1975 will be related to each other, courtesy of you. Um, you you have to we have to stop you. You have to separate. You got to get out of town. I just wanted That's like I've never heard that story. What was that conversation like? I appreciate that because I've I always push people to like have old school beefs and no one really goes. There. I think that is the oldest R and B beef that we've had. So that that gets a James gets a, Brown. James Brown. Black, black is beautiful. Beating the heck out of black women. Uh, black women. Yeah, which uh, I just. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. You out there, gang, gang, I'm gonna go out here too. Uh, except for like my play uncle, like, family friend, uncle, uncle of Tar Kelly had a step. Mm. And if you uh, have to be taught how to step, that means you don't know how to step. This is very true. <laughs> this is very true. And it doesn't seem that he took it up as like <laughs> a hobby. So, um, yeah, so then there's, there's, there's that connection. And so my family has a particular kind of like, why, why just R. Kelly? And I do wanna say that this, like, um, I, just, I just want us all to, to collectively move away from such extremes. It really sounds to me like intellectual gangbanging. Like, mm-hmm. I hear no different than the kids, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. On BD, like, mm-hmm. um, on dead niggas. It, we we got to move away from these extremes of if you, you know, go and fight your family about barbecue music and rush to turn off R. Kelly and get yelled at um, and would let it play, then you don't care about women and girls. Um, and also... Like, but you know, I let everybody burn R. Kelly at the stake if it would change things. I think. So here, here's my. I, I agree that um, overall, the way that we respond to harm, harm people has to be completely transformed. And in some sense, we have to destigmatize harm because everybody is harmful, and we need people to participate in accountability processes. And if there's such a pu- punishment based harm, then you are willing to like be defensive or rationalize or justify or not take responsibility for that. So I do agree on the whole. The specific thing about R. Kelly is it's not just all that is bad and we don't like you. It is active. And in all the reports that come out, victims name the consumption of his product. And them, right? So guys, I'm a, you know, I'm a monster and I do what I do. It's my monster and I have publicists that will help. I have lawyers that will help us keep watching. No, actually now, yeah. you know, it's one thing if you have a family that you purchased or you have a CD that you purchased listen to it, but now they actually get comments person, right? So if they're on the radio or if you're playing it on Apple Music or on Title, that is actively protecting him on and title. enabling him. Who keeps Title? I'm title yeah, you, you do Title for like a week or two. How long last? You get a new email. <laughs> oh, I got Sprint. Title comes with my Sprint. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, so that's why I think we need to be more active in the space that we allow Kelly because it allows the heart. Like, it, there are still parents like looking for their their daughters now so boo him not about him as much to me as how we polarize each other and the the level of argument against like well-meaning groups of of black folk (laughs) that are trying to move in a direction and i i just hear when that conversation is happening like we're getting away from the focus on how do we protect uh black women and girls and that's that's really where like my heart is and i don't think any focus for me on r kelly is gonna gonna improve conditions for them you know mm-hmm. or like uh mess them up i just want to like 
protect black women and girls and not focus on R&B artists. <laughs> My thing is that it's so compartmentalized. Like I personally, you know, and this is where like, it's good that like celebrities don't mix with me too much. Most of them, the rapey celebrities like 6ix9ine and R. Kelly and stuff like, you know, cause like, it would be on site and I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, oh no, it's R. Kelly. Oh, you active predator. Um, but at the same time, I'm with you on the like polarizing conversations because we don't know R. Kelly. And I'm sitting here arguing with you at a fa- potentially a family cookout. Um, and it could be a totally different conversation we could be having. Like, I personally think that a lot of families have that uncle that they don't talk to or that cousin that they don't that they don't talk to about what they need to be talking to. And why do you have all these woof tickets for R. Kelly who you don't know and you're not doing anything to address the like active predation that's happening in our communities that we see and that we know is happening to like certain people. And you know that this dude kicking it with this girl or like that vice versa, you know, this like 30 year old woman and this like 16 year old dude that like, why um, these things go unaddressed or they just turn into a joke or they get swept under the rug. Um, but you have a strong politic around like one single artist is an issue. But for R. Kelly, Fuck you. Can I say fuck? We just did. Sorry. Oh, I don't think you can. <laughs> we got beef with FCC, so so so, I'm so we, we move with grace with it. It's oh no problem God. at all. No. Kevin all right. Gates too. I don't know if Kevin Gates can argue, but Kevin Gates picked me up, like physically picked me up and made me hug him, and it was clearly against my wish. <laughs> um, after Dude. almost starting like like a physical. Uh, like, well, I mean, he he walked up on me like he shouldn't have walked up on me, <laughs> and that was the thing. Also, Kevin Gates has uh, We Supposed to Be in Love, which certainly glamorizes um, domestic violence, like, you know, woman beating. But in the South, it's like a love song, which is is. a very confusing thing. In the South, if you break up with your girl, you can play. If you get caught cheating as, like, a a male, you you could... This is the most robust R&B segment we've ever had. (laughs) Uh, But to like just the the dissonance of it, he just got out of jail. Right. And so he did like one of his first interviews and uh, he didn't like he was like upset, but he's like, just please don't touch me. And like I'm struggling answering questions. And so like he knows about physical touch and consent. And so the fact that you had that experience uh, just speaks to it, speaks to the. The, the nonsense of it all. Uh, to, we we got to get out of here, but I don't want to leave without um, kind of ending with, you know, where the Healing Village is and where it is going forward. Uh, real quick, if there are any plans uh, uh, that you want to share publicly or any needs or ask of how people can support in any type of way, what what would that be? Healing Village Chi, healingvillagechi.com. If you are local you can definitely like show up support donate flowers and plants and and those kinds of things is appreciated water water helps uh tremendously if you're not local we can definitely use like money and if i mean if you like balling on the shipping level you want to ship some things we would take that uh too um if you have something like a thing that you feel like strengthens um your mind um that you're willing to teach the community want to like hold space and talk about if you could play space and you want to you know um teach people how to get beaten as healing uh in spades Mm -hmm. you can you can do that um there's a volunteer forum on healing village shy you know just give us like specifically your days and times um and then we can uh move forward from there the next biggest thing will be on the 18th FDLA is doing a big resource fair. So they're going to teach 
Know Your Rights workshops. They're trying to connect people with uh, other aspects of like Know Your Rights kind of things. Um, uh, in there, FDLA is Fresh Defense Legal Aid and uh, where you can call and get a free lawyer to the station. So they'll be there holding it down. Uh, either Maria or I will be there, but yeah. Maybe both. Sometimes you get both. But. Ooh, double dose. Well, I want to thank y'all so much for, for coming in and, and, and talking about it. I hope you uh, enjoy some of this air conditioning that's happening in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and much love to you. Do y'all have anything else? That, any other last shout outs? Any other follows? Any other social media? Anything? Yes. Um, uh, Ronnie Man, Justice for Ronnie Man campaign uh, led by the mother of Ronald Johnson, who was murdered by Chicago police is doing a back-to-school drive. Um, they're collecting school supplies, backpacks, uh, lap- tablets, um, and stuff like that to give to kids. That giveaway is going to be on, they're going to be distributing them on August 25th in Washington Park at 53rd and King uh, in the playground we call Ronnie Man Park. Um, and so if you would like to support, we definitely need all the school supplies we can get. Our kids need support. Um, so you can go to justiceforronnieman.com or donate to BLM Shy and mention Ronnie Man when you do it. Dope. Well, with that, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week here in WHPK uh, with another strong voice reshaping the city. Thank you so much to the folks at the Healing Village for the work that you do. And I'm getting out of here. I'll have Daniel back with me next week. Much love to the people. Peace. Peace, people. Peace Daniel. Peace. <laughs> Yo, what up? This episode is sponsored by Backblaze Online Backup. It's a simple way to back up all your movies, yeah. photos, videos, music, and all your other data. That's right, data. Ooh. For just $5 a month. It's simple, and you can access all your data. Data. That's right, data. Ooh. Online from wherever you are. I like the way you say data. Try it absolutely free by going to backblaze.com slash C. P? C. Mm. Mm.
We'll be back next week with another person reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. Much love to the people. Peace.